0: I invite you to have a seat. Happy Labor Day. That's kind of an odd greeting for this weekend, but it's our standard greeting, right? So uh, Labor Day is a day set aside to appreciate our labor that goes into our economy. And it was set up as an uh, enforced Day of rest. After the 1894 Pullman strike that happened, the government came in and said, uh, you're working people too hard. So here is a mandatory day of rest, right? And that's, that's our lives. We understand that juxtaposition of that we both labor and we rest, right? Uh, but sometimes those two get out of balance, We know that there is a balance to it, because that's how God has created things to be. Even in the creation of all things, God worked for six days, and on the seventh he rested, right? And so the question for today is, uh, when it comes to labor and rest, how are you doing? How are you doing? I think if we look at the polar ends of the spectrum, we can really see an idea of how we're doing, right? So on, on one end, when you look at labor, uh, it can be consuming to a point that that's all you're doing, and you begin to neglect the things that are needful, uh, the things that are beneficial for your life overall, in holistic care, right? So you can be at work in in the office so much that you are neglecting your family, and that you are forgetting uh, whose child you are. That 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 God is not a part of that picture anymore. But you're just striving for what comes next. Or you could be on the rest uh, side of the scale, where you are going for so much rest that you neglect all of the things that you're supposed to be doing. And that can be including family and knowing who's you are as well. You become kind of slothful in that, right? So you either set things up as an idol or you could be slothful. But that's not most of us. Most of us try to find a balance in the middle of where we are. And we lean, I think, we lean towards the labor side of things, right? Uh, Because if you're in your working career, or you're in school, and you do things well, what happens? You're asked to do more things well, and more things well, right? Because other people aren't, and so people can rely on you, and so your plate gets stacked a little bit taller. And I think that's where a lot of us stand, is that we, we long for the rest, but we... Are finding ourselves working a lot more. Or it could be that we're in retirement and we're leaning towards the rest, and yet we, we would like to see a little bit more production and, and giving to, to the people around us a little bit more. But either way, that, that juxtaposition that we have, we kind of try to find a balance. And I think it's a hard balance to find, right? And that's been the case for decades. For, for different eras, for different people. Jesus even speaks into this, right? As he's speaking to the people around him, he says, uh, come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's this idea uh, in the Bible that rest is lacking. And I don't think that's uh, something that has gone away for us. But the burdens of today tend to pile on our shoulders. No matter where you stand in that uh, rest and labor uh, deal, you still have things that are piling up on your shoulders. And so Jesus speaks into that so often. And so he also says uh, in our reading from today in John, Abide in my word. And I think this is something that we miss at times, is that we, we hear the words of Jesus, and then we go about our days, and we forget that that word is something that is supposed to be dwelling in us. That's what that word abide means. It kind of means dwelling in. So it's supposed to be shaping and molding who we are and what we do. And so if we listen to the words of Jesus, we know that his words set us free. Free from the, the, the weight of our labor and of all the things that are on our plates and all the pieces of the puzzle. It gives us a reprieve, a, a time to take a deep breath from that, knowing that That's not the end of the story, that there's more to our story in Christ because of what he's done for us. And so these words of Jesus, abide in my word, are something for us to take internally and to to help us understand that his word can mold and shape our lives. And in that, it gives us rest. That story of labor and rest continues on in, in the word of God. And we see Peter as he is giving a sermon just after Pentecost. So Jesus has died. He's risen. He's gone into heaven. And the disciples are gathering around because they are grieving losing Jesus, the, uh, being with them at that distinct point in time, but they're also rejoicing because that means that his promises are true for them and they're true for us. That promise of love and forgiveness. And so Peter is speaking to a crowd. He's giving a sermon, and he's trying to help people understand that. Help people understand that Jesus' death, although tragic, is ultimately a blessing. And so here are some of the words he says. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. He says this right after he says repent, right? So, so know that you've done something wrong, but know that God refreshes us because he's here with us and within us. And this, this idea of times here, it's that kairos moment. It's a, a Greek word that means that Something catches our attention, and in this season, it's something that's being spoken into our lives. And so uh, this kairos moment of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Oftentimes, we speak about these things, and we say, this is a good thing to know. It's a good thing to know that God's word refreshes us, right? And, and some of us are there and do it. Right? We we read the Bible, and we can grab from it, and we are refreshed just from uh, reading and going on our way. Other people though, we read it, we go on our way, and probably about dinner time it starts to sink in what we read uh, before we started our day. Right? And and so there's there's this um, dissonance between where we're at and it molding our lives. But the Word of God is really set up to help us understand that God does love us, and that He cares about us no matter what. And so today, I don't want to just uh, talk about how we can be refreshed, and how we can find rest in God's Word. I would actually like to help you experience that, all right? So no, this is not me trying to get out of half of preaching a sermon. This is me actually saying, Um, I want to share with you a tool that can actually help you uh, in your reading of the Bible to be refreshed in it. And this tool is called Lectio Divina. It's a divine reading. It's a monastic practice uh, that comes from centuries and centuries of monks uh, learning the word of God, right? So think of like monks of the Augustine order or the Benedictine order— and what they would do is they would read a passage of scripture, and then they would just go and meditate on that for two hours. And then they would come back together, and they would read it again, and then they would go and meditate on it, and they would do it for three hours. And then they would come back, and they would read it again, and they would go and meditate on it for four hours. And then they would come back, and they would um the talk about how God was speaking into their lives through this. Now, I'm not going to ask you to be here for hours upon hours, right? But I am going to ask that you, uh, you kind of dive into this practice with me just for a few moments here so you can get an idea of what it is um, and how refreshing it can be. And so as we go to do this, I'm going to ask a couple of things. Number one, uh, if you have your phones on you, would you put them in airplane mode? Okay? And I, I, I know that's kind of a funny thing, but it will take away the distractions and make sure that they aren't ringing as we do this. Um, and then open a Bible. You can open that on your phone or tablet, or there's Bibles in the pews in front of you. We're going to go to Psalm 62. Okay? Psalm 62. And we just pray that God would use this time to bring a a refreshing rest into our lives. And I'm going to guide us as we go here. So we're going to look at Psalm 62 for a few minutes here. And as we do this, the the first time I read it through, I just want you to see if there's a, a key word or a phrase that sticks out at you and just just meditate on that for for the little bit of time that the music plays after I'm done reading, okay? Psalm 62. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would you allow, would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies, with their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. of the words that jumped out at you, that word or phrase. What's the context that you find those words in? Psalm 62. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This leaning wall, this tottering fence— Surely they, they intend to topple me from lofty pl- my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but within their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge." And the third time we read this, I want you to look for connections between what you are experiencing with that word and the context and how it's connecting into your life right now. We read Psalm 62 one more time. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This leaning wall, this tottering fence. Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. My hope is that in God's Word you're able to find rest, that you're able to experience that rest, and that this could be a tool for your toolbox as you uh, read His Word and as you meditate on it. For me, this experience of Lectio Divina means that the first time I read it, Um, I really have distractions coming in at me from the world around me. The second time, those kind of lessen, and I'm able to actually see the context of what's happening. And the third time, I'm able to actually concentrate on God's Word and not the things that are pressing in. At me and and really be able to experience that. And so that's my hope for you, knowing that we have a God who loves us and that cares for us, who wants to refresh us with his word as we abide in it, that you would be refreshed in that. And as we uh, know that God does love us and does care for us, we also uh, know that he is much much more. And uh, we, we declare that in our creeds, because we are a creedal church. And so I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to together uh, say the Nicene Creed.